Good morning, world. How are we doing today? It's a good day to be in the neighborhood. I'm sitting, this is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. We're standing, sitting around now at the table, hanging out with my good Padre and my road dog. Who are you, sir? It's me, the one and only man. This is KG. And you listen to another installment of the KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. Uh, this is our second one of the week. It's a Saturday. We're doing things a little different. We're about to head over to uh, the House of Tudor. To watch the Rice Island men's team open the season. And uh, let's do this. We're going to do things a little differently. Not, not many scores to talk about, but Wildcat, do get what you got. All right. The swag. The swag, folks. Football today. Grammy State, 29, Texas Southern, 25. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 15. Mississippi Valley, 3. Jackson State, 34. Alabama A&M, 6. Men's basketball, Notre Dame, 80. Mississippi Valley, 67. Football, Southern. 26, Alabama State, 23. Women's basketball, Southern SMU, 76. And all card, 54. You had a score on the, on the uh, preview situation, sir? Preview is preview one. As uh, we started this uh, podcast, they blasted Alcorn State 40 to 14 on the road. PV is five and three in the Western Division. So with Grandma's went over TSU, PV and Grandma are both tied at five and three in the West. But PV has a tiebreaker, so all PV needs to do is win homecoming, and uh, they will represent the Western Division in the SWAG Championship game, sir, in Birmingham. And what else is on the agenda today? You know, we can, we can, we got time today, a little time today. Uh, we wanted to finish up, wrap up some, some things, uh, that we talked about earlier this week. One of those is that, uh, Penn State had a game today against Nebraska. Uh, they've pretty much resolved some of the issues and now it, uh, pretty much falls on the uh, Board of Regents. Uh, one of those is that, uh, uh, the interim coach will have his shot at uh, attempting to hold on to the job and hold the team together. I don't know what that final score is right now. 17-14. Penn State lost to Nebraska 17-14. Well, it, it was one of those type of games and all that uh, that was needed as far as uh, doing some healing on campus, but uh, I still feel for the uh, victims that were of that uh, situation uh, that involves Penn State uh, University. The other, uh, do you have anything else to, to add to that? Um, not not much to add. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the game. I was at a high school game, so I didn't see. It. I, I know based on some of the tweets that uh, Nebraska and Penn State players before the game uh, united at uh, midfield and uh, they were hands and said a prayer, uh, had moments, moment of silence, you know, for the victims, and so uh, that was a, a touching moment. Um, you know, Coach Paterno has been fired. I think a lot of other people are jobs are in jeopardy. Uh, I want to touch on this though. A lot of folks who don't listen, who do may not know, um, this is not the first scandal involving Penn State University. And our, our colleague on the women's basketball side, uh, Michelle Opal wrote an excellent article earlier this week about uh, women basketball coach Rennie Portland and her reign at Penn State. Oh, and it is a it is a story that this article that needs to be read. Long story short, uh, Coach Portland did uh, she got rid of players who she thought were lesbians. Not 
not, did not know for a fact that they were, even if she thought had hints that they were, she got rid of them. And uh, just so long, she was, she was at Penn State quite a while, but the university didn't do anything about it. They may have changed school philosophy, school policies, allowed her to continue as head coach. A lawsuit, I know one lawsuit was uh, filed by a player who was removed by Coach Portland, and uh, because uh, she, quote-unquote, fit the stereotypical mold of whatever that means for that lesbian's dress, style of dress or whatever. So uh, Penn State ultimately got rid of her, Coach Portland, and uh, my friend, former Comet point guard, Coach Washington, is a head coach at uh, Penn State, and she's doing a very good job up there in the Nittany Lions, and they, in fact, uh, were picked preseason favorite to win the Big Ten. So read Michelle Vopel's article on ESPN.com in the women's hoop section to get more information about it. But uh, trust me, it's not the first time that Penn State regime uh, hit things uh, regarding their coaches on the athletic side. And lastly, and we'll move to the next subject, to be informed, just to be given information, go online and take the, get to the link to the grand jury indictment and read all, and I repeat this, all 23 pages. Uh, and it is not for the weak of heart, and make sure you have a strong stomach. And on a less serious note, I guess, it's still serious in nature, but completely different area, it be a lockout. Uh, I, I wanted to tweet you, I wanted to uh, 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 text you or whatever to find out how things were going because when I when we got done last, on last evening, I, I was pretty much wore out, so I I went and got some rest. Got up this morning and uh, taking care of what I need to take care of, and this is my first time online, and I haven't yet to go and check, but please tell me something is headed in a good direction. I can't, I can't tell you that, sir. Uh, I know our ultimatum was, was in paperwork, pretty much was laid on the table yesterday. Well, uh, you know, earlier this week, Commissioner Stern, I spoke to the uh, gathered media, the tired, exhausted media, who's tired of covering this crap, <clears throat> excuse me, and said that uh, basically the owners changed their proposals and uh, they presented a new proposal to the players and gave the players till uh, Wednesday to agree to the deal, and if so, a 72-game schedule could begin by on December 15th. Uh, Commissioner Stern was, you know, fairly confident that the players would agree to it, <clears throat> and that Billy Hunter, the executive uh, director for the players union and director the president of the union, could sell a deal. Basically, it's still a 50-50 deal, which the players agreed to. The players have agreed to the 50-50 split of the basketball-related income. But their problems are the. Uh, some of the system issues regarding free agency, length of contracts, things like that. Um, so far, word coming out, the players would not agree to the deal. The players, there's an, enough uh, signatures to vote on the certification. Um, so if that happens, this could all blow up in the season, 2011-2012 season, could be blown to bits. Um, but there's the rank and file players, the players who don't make the uh, average $5 million salary. Some of guys want to put it to a vote. They want to put the owner's proposal to a vote. And if that happens, a lot of people believe that the agreement will, or the proposal will be agreed upon, and the season will start in December. 
So what the plan uh, representatives will meet on Monday in New York to discuss the owner's proposal and then decide what they're going to do. And from that point of view, it seems like they're going to recommend that the players not agree to the proposal. And then uh, that leaves possibility of decertification or other issues um, <coughs> to uh, get things moving. And their hope is that if they stand firm and maintain their resolve, that the owners will make a better offer rather than the offer that is currently on the table. Uh, they supposedly have reportedly have 240 signatures ready to vote for decertification or quote-unquote disclaimer of interest, which is a quicker process and disband the union immediately. So there are a lot of things. It's still a fluid situation. You know, personally, Wildcats, you know, I love the NBA. I love covering the Rockets. I love covering the NBA basketball. But college basketball is here. And if they don't agree to a deal and the season is gone down the toilet, I said earlier this week, I could care less. We can move on to something else and focus on college games and and, and make plans to appear in Denver for the Women's Final Four in April. So that's my thoughts on that. Now, with that being said, we just say we're going all over to college sports. Yesterday we had the opportunity to witness. Hold that, hold that thought because I want I want to read the some of the details of the owner's proposal. Okay. And and then we can, can go. Because like, like you said, college sports is here to stay. Right. Okay. The mid-level exception, this is in the New York Times by Howard Beck, B-Rider, MDB writer, done a great job covering a lockout. Here are some of the bullet points. The mid-level exception for tax-paying teams would be worth $3 million with a max three-year contract and could be used annually. The league had proposed $2.5 million with a two-year maximum for use every other year. So that's one change in the owner's proposal. A new exception worth $2.5 million for of the two years was created for teams that are just below the salary cap. In other words, with less than $2.5 million of cap room. Taxpaying teams would retain the right to conduct sign-and-trade deals in the first two years of the agreement, but would be banned from doing so starting the third year. Previously, the league proposed banning them immediately. The minimum team salary would be set at 85% of the cap, so that's the salary floor. Would be set at 85% of the cap and increased to 90% in third year of the deal. So that means teams that have to have clippers who are cheap would have to spend 90% of that salary cap amount in year three. Next, players signed using the so-called Larry Bird rights would get 6.5% raises, annual raises, up from the 5.5% in their original offer by the owners. Players who signed contracts below the average salary would be eligible for opt-out clauses, which are otherwise banned except in limited situations. And then lastly, a 10-year labor deal would include a mutual opt-out after the sixth year at the union's request instead of the seventh. So that's one of the things that players have been pushing for. The players said they did not want to agree to a 10-year deal. They were voting for six years. Some of those points were things that the players had argued for and wanted in negotiating. So some of these things seem like this is what they want. So we'll keep, well, I'm still curious as to where they're going to go with this, and we'll go from there. So there you go on some of the bullet points, uh, some of the changes that the owners proposed and submitted to the players. The players will discuss and contemplate on Monday with the player reps and decide if they're going to accept it, say no to it, decertify the union, file a disclaimer of interest or whatever. 
uh, by Wednesday we'll find out what's going on. I guess we'll have another podcast discussing this crap next week or the year, uh, the week after that. But now, getting back to college basketball and things that are on the court. True. Now, uh, let me start with two games that were on the road. Uh, HBU men lost in a heartbreaker uh, to Campbell on the road, uh, 82-68, while the Lady Huskies went on the road to a, one of our favorite friends, uh, Carlos, the Hilton Coliseum in Ames, Iowa. And got bazooka <laughs> And they basically were turned away at the door and said, don't try to come in. Please don't come in. They lost 73 days. But I read, I read, I didn't read the entire game story, game summary. The Huskies actually led in that game by eight points in the first half. <laughs> That's what, well, do you think that was before Bill <laughs> stood up and said, called with those famous timeouts? <laughs> well, you know, I'm wondering how, how, how much talking he's doing since he's still recovering from the, the throat surgery. But, uh, you know, Huskies went scoreless for 11 minutes. And uh, the eight-point lead they had ended up being a 40-point loss. So, you know. It, it happens. It happens, folks. It happens. And uh, so the women's, you know, Huskies, their next game is going to be Sunday, actually, on the road versus Missouri-Kansas City. And I think the fellas' next game is at home, I think. Yeah. 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 So. But now, we had we got a chance yesterday to venture out over to the campus of Texas Southern University. And, and watched a afternoon a midday kid day game against uh, Texas Southern Lady Tigers against Norfolk State Spartans. And and, and, and this allowed me to say this: you'll get a gist of how the game went, listeners. Um, it's this is my write up on my on uh, my HoustonRoundBarView.com website. Uh, the Lady Tigers played a great first half. Uh, no, Friday morning. Lady Tigers played a great first half. Friday afternoon, Lady Tigers played an awful what second was, half. What was that? A 15 minute break? What's something happened on that, yeah, that, 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 that 15 minute time out? They couldn't make a basket. They couldn't stop anybody on defense. <laughs> you know, so. It wasn't good, folks. So all of the uh, middle school students who were there for a middle school day did not see a, a Tigers victory, a Lady Tigers victory. So, uh, but the first half was impressive. I mean, you and I were both impressed. The Tigers actually put the ball in the basket. They shot 45% in the first half, which is like double what they shot sometimes last year. But then the second half. And they actually moved the ball. They shot 25% in the second half and returned to their previous ways and not making a basket. And we actually, to sit down and watch, first, it, it, it was truly a tell of two halves. Um, it, I don't know whether it was something went transpired it. You know, what went on in the locker room, but whatever it was, it wasn't good. Because it came out in uh, second half. It, how long did it take them to get they get a score? Uh, Norfolk State scored the first ten points, up to eight, eight points out of the second half. The game was tied at 49 or 50. And then Norfolk State finished the game with like a 30-day run. So that, that's Transition how basketball is not TSU's forte this season. I, I put like this early on. From what we see yesterday, it's like the fact that they do have some athletes. They're young. They're very young. And I think Coach Broughton told us they have what a total of ten new players, right, seven right, freshmen, three right. JUCOs, transfers, uh, and uh, uh, JUCOs and uh, 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 freshmen. Uh, it was just a combination thing. But did you did you mention on yesterday on our ride up to Preview that uh, Norfolk State was dead last, dead last in the NBA? And I'm gonna tell you, the team that I saw yesterday. 
that team is going to finish in the middle of the pack. Unless, unless the MIAC must be one hell of a conference. Yeah, I'm going to the exact same thing. Because if, if that's the last place team in the MIAC, damn, MIAC is a, is a great conference. <laughs> I mean, it, it was something to see. And now, in referencing Texas Southern, love them dear. But right now, they look like a first half team and can't finish. Yeah. And I don't know where they go to from here to, to early on to correct that because now they go on the road for a bunch of games. Don't, no, no, the next, their next game is, is at home. Oh, right. Saturday, uh, the 19th versus Air Force. So then it's not their, oh, their road trip. That's even worse. Road John. That's you know, worse. after the game, Coach Broughton spoke to both of us. She likes her team. She likes her point guard. Well, no, she actually said she loved it. She loves her team. You know, she and, likes and, the point guard. And, and to be honest with you, since she's been there, you, this is the first time that you and I yes. have actually heard those words out of her, yes. out of her voice. You know, she loves this squad, and she's going to follow with them. And uh, video to, I don't know if it's posted yet, but in my write-up, like I said, my recap is on my website uh, with quotes from, from Coach, Coach Broaden. That was around, that game was over mid-afternoon. Like Walk had referenced a few minutes ago, we, we, took, we a break. took a break. Everybody yeah, else headed up the headed up to 90 and watched uh, Prairie View women play the Rice Owls. Uh, it was competitive. It was uh, hard fought. A lot, more, a lot more competitive than it was last year. It was well, they didn't play last year. And let me and I want to say this: they played in the same tournament. They, PV played in Hackman Invitational. PV won the Hackman Invitational. But Rice lost in the opening game that Friday night That's right. and didn't, did not get a chance to play Preview in the in the championship game. So Preview won Rice's tournament last year and Preview beat Rice Friday night, um, 61-58. Uh, kudos to the uh, students who came and heckled the hell out of uh, Rice throughout the ball game. Behind the bench, I mean, literally. Folks uh, were hanging over the wheel. But, you know, and... and let me tell you, Prairie young. prairie has got, I think Coach Toya Wilson said she has 10 new players or 9 new players or whatever. Yeah. Uh, freshman, no, it's ten. It's ten. The freshman team, she got some athletes on that team. There's not, there's not a lot of difference between the Prairie View women's team on land and the Rice Owls women's team. Athlete for athlete, they're pretty much still toe-to-toe. The Owls missed 13 free throws. Jessica Custer, sophomore for the Owls, had finished with 22 points, 18 rebounds, but she missed uh, seven free throws, which could have helped the Bryce win the ball game. The Owls had a chance to tie the game up down the stretch, but the missed free throws, I missed opportunities. I missed so many layups and free throws and just missed opportunities, everything. It was a game that Rice could have won, but they didn't. And Give kudos to Prairie for winning the game. And just they finished the game. Bad decision. Yes. They started pressing. Now, I mean, not defensively pressing, but they started pressing as far as uh, rushing shots. Yes. Uh, not making, not showing patience when they needed to defend, to finish. They didn't get the ball to Custer in, in the post enough. Even when they did, she missed less, which didn't help the cause. Uh, they didn't get the ball to Crystal Porter, freshman Crystal Porter, who both of you and I are impressed with her her performance last night. Right side of, they have some good young freshmen, too. Um you know, Coach Greg Williams spoke to us after the game. He likes his freshmen. He told us point blank that Crystal Port's going to play a lot this year because he believes in her and because he can play. And I tell you, I'd really like the combination up front of Custer and Porter uh, for the next three years for the Owls. You know, Custer being a sophomore, Crystal Porter being a freshman this season. They're going to be good. they're going to be good to reckon with. However, let me backtrack and point this out. Wednesday at Rice House Women's Basketball Media Day. I spoke to oh, six or seven other players. 
I even spoke to, all said they were going to beat Prairie View. Said they are confident that they beat Prairie View Friday. Maybe want to know. Well, they didn't win the game. Bryce is now 0-1. The next game, game two, will be Sunday afternoon in Stillwater versus Oklahoma State, which will not be easy. That's a Big 12 team. And the Cowgirls will be without probably their best player, Tony Young, who's still in the suspension. Uh, but there's a road game. So we'll see if the improvement from game one and game two will benefit the house and come home with a victory. But, she, you know, kudos to uh, Prairie View for picking up the victory. And video is uh, of an interview featuring Wildcat and myself is on YouTube. You can see the, uh, there's a link to it at Prairie View's website. There's a link to the video also on my website. Uh, so you can see what we look like if you don't know already. And uh, get a you know, and see for yourself and watch the video. Um, you know, thanks to Ryan McGinty, you know, our, our friend and colleague, SID at Prairie View for posting that on on our YouTube. So, uh, what else is there to talk to before we head over to Rice and watch the the men's team play uh, New Orleans? Uh, oh, on Thursday night. Because that, that happened after our last part. Oh, yes, the, the Cougars. Just, this is droll. Thank, yeah, thank you for that, because we can talk about it. Uh, another, another milestone yes. for the Cougars. Um, so what else to give you a conference USA, because I'm, I'm getting scores up and all. Um, right now, uh, it's uh, Navy 24, it's Southern Miss, uh, Southern Methodist uh, 10, uh, fourth quarter late uh, with uh, 8.14 to go. UAB is losing to Memphis third quarter uh, with five uh, five oh two left to go. Uh twenty eight seventeen. Uh Marshall lost to uh to Tulsa this afternoon, fifty nine seventeen. And and Tulsa is now what in the Western Division, sir? They are now five and zero, six and zero, just like the Cougars. Correct. Which means what, sir? Down the road, last game of the season at Skelly Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They will be playing the Houston Cougars, uh, hosting. Well, not playing, but hosting yes. the Houston Cougars, and that will be my game of the week. And it's a, it is a massively important game. Both teams are undefeated as of this podcast, but the Cougars' next game, the home game, final game, final home game of the season for the Cougars' senior day, yeah. Saturday, November 19th, 2.30, kickoff versus SMU. And they're losing right now. And the game, and ESPN's college game day will be in the house. We'll be on so campus. Big we'll be at the University of Houston. Bring your signs. Get on TV. Um, it, is a, it is a great thing for my school. I love my school, and I'm very proud to see the University of Houston receiving national recognition. Uh, it is just a great, more details will be um, announced throughout the week leading up to uh, Saturday, but it is, it is outstanding. I'm sure students and alums will be coming, will be arriving at the Rob Friday night or Saturday morning getting ready for, uh, you know, the game day experience, college game day experience. And the Cougars are not 10 and 0 after just running all over two lanes, 73 to 17 on Thursday night. Coming, I think, the first team in conference to say history to score 70 plus points in the same season. You know, it is a good thing to be, it's good to be a Cougar right now, Houston Cougar. Uh, Cougars gotta beat SMU. They gotta beat Tulsa. Because they first gotta win conference championship. They gotta win the Western Division first. 
So they still got two games to go and that get that job done and then win beat Southern Miss in the East from the Eastern Division to win the conference state championship and then who knows? They're if they're undefeated, it's a possibility that they could get into the BCS conversation and be on BCS bowling and boy oh boy wouldn't that be something to see something that never thought I'd see we'll be going bowling folks this, this is why I care to be going bowling you know, and I'm talking about football bowling yes sir and who'd have thought I that think, started the season and I think I'll be able to drag my basketball compadre down the road with that game Especially if it's like if it's in New Orleans. Oh, he no doubt. If he would come, we would go on the road. Yes, sir. The last time we were creeping and all that. Yeah. But that's all right. Get an opportunity to go. I would make that trip. Yes, sir. And we can spot out. We can check out this new site, Stan. See, now you, now, you, now you talk too much on the podcast, sir, so you leave a few seconds for the listeners to wonder about what we do in our private town. Uh, but do all of the new all this stuff. Yes, sir. You know, good food, dog. Shoot. Tell you what, it'd be good. Uh, and, oh, let me talk about this. We, we touched on uh, Rice Isles, man's team, starting their season Saturday night versus New Orleans. The Houston Cougars, man's team, also plays Saturday night home game versus Grambling, yeah. Grambling State. Um the Cougars put on this awesome show versus Concordia. We talked about that earlier podcast. We'll see now that they're playing for real. Yeah. I'm at the uh, versus Grambling State. And the Cougars have another game on Monday. So, uh, you know, two of the uh, 19 home games are taking place Saturday and Monday for the men's team, Coach Dickey. And real quickly, we can touch on uh, U of H's men's uh, two national, yeah. nationally um, ranked players in Daniel House and Chicken Knowles, excuse me, Dan Red. Chicken Knowles. You know, coach, like Coach says, all we know about is chicken. That's right. And uh, like somebody was joking on the, on the, on the, on the free airways, you know, there's a lot of places around here that sell chicken and around in, in the neighborhood. So somebody will be doing a hell of a marketing job yeah. for, for his time here. Hopefully. I mean, it'd uh, be smart, you know, to market them and, and tie it all in and benefit the program. Uh, the Cougars men's game Monday will be versus Utah Valley. So, uh, team out of, uh, Great West Conference, uh, same as as uh, HB for now, because the Southland Conference representatives were on campus of HBU on November 9th, uh, and it seems like that's going to get done. It's going to get done, and HBU will be joining the Southland Conference in the very near future. Um, and I'm happy for that crew over there. They they worked hard to to move up to uh, Division One, uh, and uh, it, it it will serve them well. You know, as, as far as their travel. Uh, they're probably one of the few schools in this area that's looking at that their budget situation and who they are and where they want to be and not venture out beyond that. And, right. I, and I say that because too much is being done and driven by football without care for your Olympic sports. And HBU is taking that in consideration and down the road. Oh, the other thing that came up too last night, uh, I heard word that... Uh, once they make move for the, for the new conference affiliation, this is HBU now. They will that that rumor or uh, the little filtering out that has come out about uh, them stepping out into the football world. They will be uh, that will be done, and they will be also sharing the uh, downtown stadium. Cool with uh, TSU and Dynamo. Yes, so fantastic. So, folks. You will have no excuse to be getting a decent sport dollar, dollar for dollar. 
You know, everybody fantastic. Everybody can't uh, can go to the Texans on can't afford the Texans on a regular basis, but you can definitely afford to see some college sports and some high school sports. That sounds good. And, and Wednesday was uh, signing day, national signing day for the fall period. We talked about UH men signing Daniel House and kicking those. Um, just two talented players, young men who will really have already energized men's basketball and have fans looking forward to next season already. But the uh, UH women signed five players on Wednesday. Let's see if I can remember off the top of my head here. Marche Emerson, Taylor and Tyler Gilbert, Alicia Smith, and Bianca Winslow. And yes, Bianca Winslow is the daughter of Houston Cougar alum Ricky Winslow. Greet. Greet him, Mom. And uh, that's the five players they signed. On Friday, they signed another young lady who was ranked top 50 in the country from the Mark High School, Jessica Palmer. Uh, I was given the information. I wrote about it. It's on my website. I tweeted it. It's been retweeted. It is confirmed. I know it's confirmed. I know it's legit. I've read it from a whole bunch of sources, and I'm talking about very legit sources, including Todd Buchanan, the head coach, Jessica Palmer herself. So just because you don't see it on other websites does not mean it does not happen. It is a done deal. It is a done deal. Trust me when I say Jessica Palmer is a Houston Cougar beginning next year. And she is a six-foot point guard. She's talented. The biggest, her biggest thing is she needs to be pushed to be great. And we'll see if she can get that done over the four years at U of H. Rice women signed two players as well on Wednesday, Elena Gums from Cibolo, Texas, and Alyssa Lang from Rockwall, Texas. Uh, they're both talented players. Um, Coach Williams liked the two signings. That info is on the RiceFiles.com website. So it's a lot of it's a busy week. Uh, basketball is a busy week for the Wildcat and myself. Uh, it's not over. we got one more game Saturday night to, to go to, and we'll have some more games next week. Uh, we'll be making a trip to College Station on the 15th of November for the Aggies getting their rings and playing on national TV on ESPNU versus Louisville. It's a matchup of two top ten teams, so it should be an outstanding game. Be interesting. Three o'clock tip-off. Uh, so if you have time, you can DVR it and watch it on uh, all them fancy devices you have, uh, ESPN, Internet, uh, iPods, and this, that, and the other, whatever. So... That's, I think that's good enough for us. We can wrap it up here. You got anything going on? You know, basic thing we need to let everybody know. How can they find you, sir? Uh, let's see. First spot, first stop on the on the on the on the computer on the internet is www.kingsizeview.com. Go to that front page. My mug and I'll show up. It says DCSR, the College Sports Reporter. Hit that hot key, and bam, you come to the www. A-K-S-V, the CSR dot blogspot.com. But that's my blogger and my Twitter hashtag AKSV, the CSR. And my website, uh, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. A lot of information on there now. I'm starting to figure out how to link my uh, Facebook post to my Twitter. So I'm doing some play-by-play updates in basketball. You can go to the fan page on uh Facebook, Houston Round Bar View Facebook fan page, and follow me along there. Like it, become you know, become a fan of that. Please do. Uh, the tweets are starting to generate interest from uh, basketball fans. We'll be probably tweeting from the uh, Rice Men's game this evening. So my Twitter hashtag is T H E H R Review. Which again, that's T H E H R Review. I'm on uh, I've got my own uh, blogs as well, men's, women's basketball blogs. 
uh, Buster Wildcat and myself are on YouTube. We have uh, our own YouTube channels. So we're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We have blogs, websites, Facebook. I think we covered just about everything that's going on media-wise right now. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Please tell your friends about it. We're not sure what the schedule is going to be next week for the next podcast because we'll be uh, on the road on Tuesday. So we'll see how things go. Okay, by here, just listen to, uh, you know, you know, follow us on the either website and for more information, we'll see how everything goes and, put, and plays out. But as always, thank you very much for listening. And in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>